Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm not entirely sure when the note got slipped under the door, though it was more than likely while Isaiah was devouring a steaming plate of 9pm eggs and bacon. Contrary to our expectations, it didn't concern the debriefing that was all but imminent. Rather, it was about performing a walkabout. The letter went on to say, Due to the unique history of the city and the determined nature of exopath devotees in general, it is necessary to secure the location from any potential hostiles. Please make this your immediate priority. Call the number on the back to report your findings. Thanks a bunch. The management. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume either Gan made it out and caught up everyone who needed catching up, or... The golden guy who took out Lister filled everyone in. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sending us out before getting the down low. It almost seems deliberate, like they're making a point of not asking for the intel. I don't know. When I worked for the Night Hand, this shit happened all the time. I'd send word that I had some exo ready to take a trip upriver. Some clandestine recovery team would show up and take the guy away and never so much as ask me for the time. But, be that as it may, there was never really all that much to tell anyway. Exos are a pretty weird bunch, but apart from getting around or through their super psychosis, there wasn't really uh, much I had to add to the hows and whys of it all. But the Blackledge situation strikes me as a bit more conversation-worthy. Speaking of your past occupation, do you think Shane works for the same organization as you? Eh, not likely. If he did, I'd probably have known about it. That scrape he had with the family man was some years back. The thing about the farmer getting turned into um, Old McDonald's Freak Farm. I heard of that. While hunters came and went, mostly went, 
There were a few of us who uh, got good enough to gossip whenever we crossed paths. No, I'd lay odds he's with the Silent Legion. Assassins. Jericho and the Legion have always been rivals. Like the old days of Harvard versus Yale. So were you a Harvard man or all part of that Yale thing? <laughs> I think all that really matters is that um, I graduated. I figured I'd bring this up tomorrow after we'd settled in, <laughs> though I should have known there'd be no rest for the wicked. But since we're headed out, I know what the ten-fingered hand represents, and why the city is mostly empty. Reading tea leaves while you're drinking coffee is a bit frowned upon, isn't it? Just kidding. So what's the dream scene like around this berg? <laughs> First, tea and coffee are not mutually exclusive. What the tea tells, the coffee gives you the wherewithal to listen to. And second, to answer your question, not good. The ten-fingered hand is a representation of something called the Underfather. Some kind of post-noctum symbol for abnormality. Deformity. Well, that's great. A small portion of the world's population, when they came to after the darkness, were rumored to be horribly deformed. I heard about all this from my days at Salence. Scores of people malformed in hideous and improbable ways. Improbable, that is, if you're an adherent to the strange sun hypothesis. I mean, solar radiation, especially strange solar radiation, could certainly cause mutation. But nothing so orderly and hideous as the stuff I've heard mentioned. Rumor is, the first operational post-Nox sweeps carried these people away, or killed and burned them outright. Of course, there's other rumors, too, that the deformed were called to live underground somewhere, called by something inhuman. Something inhuman? Like this, uh, underfather character? I don't know, but what I can tell you, from the bygone dreams burned into the ether, this city was host to some terrible deformations. And, if I'm reading my tea leaves right, there was some kind of faith founded upon the appeasing of the force behind the mutations. A force they called the Underfather. So why did they pull up tent stakes if they had this faith to keep things even? I'm not entirely sure they left, but went below somewhere. Well, now I'm all kinds of excited to go bumble around in the dark. <laughs> Join the reclamation department, they said. See the world, they said. <laughs> I'm guessing we're not going to be here all that long anyway. Maybe a day or two tops? Tea leaves tell you that, or you got a hunch you haven't shared yet? Call it an educated guess. Remember what Gand said about the dim forming behind the convoy carrying all the psychotypes? I have to assume the same could happen here, and whoever's in charge is going to want to shove off as soon as conditions permit. Well then, in the words of Gary Gilmore, let's do it. Suffice to say, I had my fill of waterfront towns at that point. Three Mile Harbor only differed from Marrow's in content of its darksome effulgence, if not its overall quality. 
though its broken streets were almost poetic for their desertion, begging for the black-and-white photography treatment. But there was also something left to the ghost town with the enormous ten-fingered hand erupting from its center, a venomous pulse that throbbed beneath our feet, something for which living was synonymous with skulking. It wasn't till we ran across a tumble-down house at the end of a thoroughly overgrown street that the implicit menace approached overt threat. That doesn't look quite right now, does it? Like it's been pulled down from the inside. You know, we talk a lot about my, uh, tea leaves, but you've got your own hoodoo. You been picking up anything since we've been wandering around? Nothing yet, but we might as well check this place out. If only for shits and giggles. Isaiah looked me straight in the eyes, his expression grim. He had detected something, but didn't want to say anything out loud. I just went along with the routine. Sure, sounds like a plan to me. Now that's a good-sized sinkhole right there. Looks like it swallowed just about everything. Only the walls and a little bit of the flooring left. I hope whoever lived here wasn't home when it happened. Even with my eyes unlit, I could see into the dark quite a ways, and the bottom of that hole was nowhere in sight. Isaiah stared into the black alongside me, but I could tell he was more focused on his other senses, tilting his head to catch the slightest sound, his fingertips set lightly upon the wall to detect the faintest vibration. I guess that's that. Let's check out the structures closer to the big hand. Isaiah silently nodded to me in the darkness, and then looked back at the hole. Right behind you. Once we got outside, where the sound of my footsteps would assure anything listening that I did in fact leave the house, I lifted slightly into the air, drifting weightless into the shadows, moving back into the house. The darkness reclaimed me, and I scanned the sleepscape in earnest, seeking out a clue of what might be waiting for me in that hole. A bitter sickness infected the dreams I encountered. Wilting desires for health and happiness, replaced by a pale joy of deformity. Something reached up to me from the depths, a voice, weak despite its enormity. Hello? Despite the demonic overtures, the voice seemed to me like that of a child's, a little boy maybe. There was a genuine loneliness behind the little word, a prayer for company. I'm here. Why have you come? You and your friends. He wants to know. Who's he? The one who takes us below. My feet didn't need to be touching earth to feel the tremor that rolled beneath the ground. He doesn't like to be spoken about. 
You can tell him that we're just passing through. We'll be gone soon. Not soon enough. To steal a look at what was shrinking from me in the dark, crawling back beneath the earth, I blazed my eyes for the briefest second, filling the massive underground hollow with so much foxfire. A hint of calamity. A river of rippling flaccid skin. Teeth like a splintered forest of dead trees and walls of moist curving scales squirted from view, leaving behind a trail of bubbling noxious fluids. The big hand, as I like to call it, towered over us in the dark. A hand that was taking on more and more significance by the second. After hearing Romy's report of the voice and the uh, creature, I pulled out my cell. I'm going to call it in. This is Agent Stroud reporting hostile contact. We're about 50 yards east of the Big Hand. The hostile was subterranean, large, inhuman, and threatening action against the unit. We have reason to think there could be a large number of hostiles beneath the city. And we do not have eyes on any of them. What do you want us to do? I held the phone against my shoulder and turned to Romy. Maybe if they'd spent less time on sneaking us notes and gave us an actual radio and a base of operations to communicate with, this wouldn't be starting to look like a serious clusterfuck. Frankly, I'm surprised the number they gave us even works. Cabals are generally pretty lousy at keeping everyone in the know, I'd guess. Agent Stroud, you there? I brought the phone up. Still here. We're having your belongings transferred to the ship. Continue your reconnoiter until we call you in. Sure thing. You have a good night now. Prick. Looks like we're still on walkabout. Till they reel us in. They're moving our shit to the boat, I guess, so um, I'm assuming we'll be hitting the open seas soon enough. Hard to believe. But after that last encounter, I'm starting to feel a little anxious to head to Antarctica. Like most people, I've seen countless obscurum. Big ones, little ones, fat and skinny. And this one, ten fingers and all, wasn't particularly impressive. Except that I felt challenged by it. Even angered. Muscling past the reaction long enough to analyze it, I found myself thinking about the white woods. Was I beginning to internalize the power I was charged with? Was order, banality, what, who I was becoming? The mutant hand represented aberration, a chaotic, mindless deformation of the norm. My power denied, despised the unnatural, sought to push it out of the world. I wanted nothing less than to pull the revolvers and level that goddamn statue once and for all. 
and then fire blind into the earth, hoping to get lucky enough to score a hit on this underfather, this creator of deformity. And I couldn't shake the feeling that I owed it to her to try. Owed the mother of the White Woods for failing to ice the crematorium. A lot of bad things went on here. May still go on here. What I can't figure is why the hell of all the harbors they could have launched from did they choose this one? It likely has something to do with the dim. We're pretty far off the beaten path here. Most of these places along the coast are pretty deserted. The dim appears to be psychoreactive, and with a sizable payload of psychotypes, maybe having the convoy avoid large populations lessens the possibility of the dim manifesting. Problem is, most of these places are deserted for a reason. There's a structure at the bottom of the thing, sitting on top of where the palm is just barely cresting out of the ground. Maybe some kind of church. Might give us a better idea as to what we're dealing with. I saw one of the things, and I still don't know what the hell we're dealing with. But I guess it's worth a look. Just mind where you're walking. They seem to like making sinkholes. The building at the center of the hand looked like a crude attempt at a church, and a fairly small one at that. It had a little peaked roof, some statuary that looked like the sculptor was on some bad acid, and a few bricked-off gardens filled with dead flowers. What is that? Above the door. Some kind of angel statue? Looks like, although it's not one I'm familiar with. It's all deformed, mutated. Figures. So the Underfather's an angel? No, I wouldn't think so. If the Underfather looks anything like the thing I saw under that house, it's no angel, not even a mutated one. (laughs) That's if angels look anything like we think they look like. I don't know. Apart from the whole messenger of darkness motif, Umbriel seemed to fit the bill. Not that I buy that she was the real McCoy, something that really outstrips all physical laws, known and unknown. You know, you're the only person I know of who could look the Night Christ in the face and all the other stuff we've seen and still be a skeptic. Atheist. I'm an atheist. Romy hit the lights, her billowing blue eyes throwing cold light at the darkness. The central room melted from the shadows. Just so much old rotting wood framing another massive hole. What remained of the place spoke to the religion my sister mentioned earlier. A faith hatched to appease the power that deformed them. Contextualize it. Define and thus control it. But from the looks of things... It hadn't worked. Ooh, this place has certainly seen better days. Probably hasn't been used in years, at least not since the transformations began. Got that much of a beat on the whole thing, huh? Not entirely, but I'd say it's a safe bet, given all we've seen. Well, here's something. According to this book, it's more than a safe bet. Blah. Looks like something big and sloppy used it as a hanky. At least it's in English. Some kind of prayer book. Flesh of the Lord beneath us, take us into your folds. Become us in our hour of change. To know the world through different flesh. We ask this in your mother's name, Agastiel, Empress of the Nine Changes. 
goes on like that, page after page. That's likely the name behind the angel statue above the door. The ale suffix generally refers to God, establishes the angel's connection to the divine. The Underfather sounds to be the offspring of the angel, at least according to that prayer. Though I might be sewing an awful big sweater from just a little bit of thread. If the sweater fits... Even if I'm wrong, it's pretty clear whatever's living under the city doesn't want company. You're very, very wrong. You see, I desire nothing more than company. Especially your kind of company. Creatures torn between two skins, yet truly belonging to neither. I can reconcile those differences for you with fresh flesh. Set you apart from all other living things with me. Even as the thing spoke, I could feel its words resonating, but not within my mind, but my skin. I cranked the dials on my power and stepped away from the hole. Uh, no thanks. Contrary to what you might think, I'm pretty darn comfortable in my own skin. Now, if you'll excuse us, let's get out of here. Yep. It's right underneath us! Come on, goddammit. Pick up. Go ahead. We're under attack. Something massive and subterranean. And if I were you guys, I'd be getting ready to cast off. Like now. We're on our way. Be there as soon as we can. Alright. You're cleared for. Yeah, thanks. As we closed on the ship, I could see the towering smokestacks gushing thick and black, hear the churn of its engine in the dark. And way up on the deck facing us was Shane, staring down the barrel of his black long gun, looking for a target. We leapt from the dock to the retracting boarding platform, and then tore up the ramp to join the cowboy on the deck. Howdy again. Seems like you two found some trouble. Or it found you, huh? Yeah, something like that. Isaiah, look at that! The houses! As the boat drifted further into cold black waters, I gazed at the houses lining the coast, where they fell back in crooked rows beyond the great grasping hand. They were all lit up now, though it wasn't electricity that afforded the illumination but thousands of multicolored mutant eyes. The metamorphosed population of Three Mile Harbor gazed at us as we departed, twisted faces peering out from the windows of hollowed-out houses, legions of clustered and malformed eyes beaming and blinking. Oddly enough, I thought of Christmas, before the darkness, when houses were strung with glittering lights. Sigh. 
You folks like the harmonica? I got nothing against it. Sure. Let her rip. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 